0: Hey there folks, before we start today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast, I'd just like to remind you guys that you can check out my daily sports column, it's free, by going to sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com, you can just check out my Twitter to find the link there, go check out chasethomaspodcast.com, there's a link on that page, Uh, but yeah, go check it out every day, new sports story in your email inbox, Uh, yeah, go tell a friend, share it out, send it to anyone else you think would uh, like the newsletter, but yes, every single day, go to sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com. Just Google Sports Renaissance Man, Chase Thomas, whatever you're most comfortable with, go do that. Uh, if you are an Apple Podcast listener, don't forget to leave this show a five-star rating and a review. Uh, it's important uh, to help the show continue to grow. And last thing, uh, very quickly, but uh, please email me at Podcast at to uh, get your mailbag question in or any other questions that you might have about the show, about the column, anything like that. Uh, new mailbag columns go up every Friday. Uh, if you have any questions for the weekly shows that you would like us to answer on air, whether it's John Taylor on Wednesdays, Evan Swords on Mondays, the sports reporters on Fridays, uh, make sure to get those questions in and we'll read them on the show or I'll answer your questions in the mailbag on the newsletter. So, Go do that. Uh, again, that's chasethomaspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, leave the show a five-star rating and review. Follow on Apple Podcasts if you can. Uh, I think that's it. All right.
1: Uncle Darren, let's go. Sports Reporters Assemble! Chase Thomas Podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast. <laughs> um, My th- nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it.
0: All right. You heard it. The Sports Reporters, we have indeed assembled on this beautiful friday afternoon coming to you live from knoxville tennessee uh where i am joined by my fellow sports reporters as i am every single week it's andrew hammond up there in the detroit free press andrew good uh good afternoon sir how are you
2: i'm doing good man how you doing
0: not too bad, not too bad. I uh, got my run in, feeling good. I'm running the the endorphin. High. I I run every day now. I'm I'm officially the guy running every day, and I am addicted to the track. Is what I found. Uh, and I did a 605 mile yesterday, so nice. I'm I'm feeling good at 30 that I can still pull that off. When I am just like, I just wanted to see and see where I'm at stamina wise these days, because uh, it's good to fight against this bad pandemic is to make sure your lungs are. Operating at a pretty healthy level, I would guess. Um, also here, Robert Silverman of the Daily Beast. Robert. Yeah.
1: Hey oh, guys, buddy. My lungs are doing fine. I'm doing full Nolte today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, you sound like craggly old
2: uh, veteran uh, chief uh, cop on a uh, every on a, single like-
1: every single Nick Nulti role sounds like you just had you woke up from a bad was a bad hangover and the first thing he did was grab a pack of Marlboro Reds and he's like sitting there on a bed, half dressed, hair a mess, and he's like, "Oh." So hell. So the beginning of
2: North Dallas Forty?
1: Yeah. Okay. Every, every Nulti rolls is... somehow my favorite Nick Nulty fact is that he manages to keep that North Dallas Forty energy going in the uh, in the first Hulk movie. There are things I like not think the first Hulk movie. Uh well you know it's a little different it's not awful yeah. CGI's not great but there is a lot of Nick Nolte going like when he turns into the absorbing man even going oh hell oh really that's like, perfect yeah and it's it's really delightful that he still continues Nolting regardless of the project
0: mm. love it um. I don't have anything to add to that. I did finish season one of Banshee last night.
1: Thoughts? Comments? Feedback?
0: It is so fucking good. Love that show. That show is like a, a beautiful mix between... I mean, it has a bunch of Wire characters, which I appreciate, but like, I uh, I like that it's just like a weird cross between The Wire and uh, Deadwood. It's great. I love it so much.
2: What, what was Banshee on? HBO. That's right. Because I remember watching it like for a few episodes, and then something else caught my attention, and I was like, "Oh, I need to go back and watch that," and I never did.
1: So you're saying it's not a X Men standalone Sean Cassidy Banshee <laughs> story? No. Okay. No. Okay. Got it. No problem. Hmm. Is
0: Spider Man into the into the Spider Verse is still the the best? comic book movie right like we still We've all agree discussed on that.
1: this it's aquaman actually
0: it's not aquaman. <laughs> is aquaman
1: it's
0: it's spider-man into the spider-verse i don't know like i rewatched that yes, the other day
1: that's a better movie but there are mm-hmm. two different things we're talking about here one is you asked what is the best comic book movie mm-hmm. and while into the spider-verse is clearly an awesome superior movie with all these kinds of fun manga influences I'm sorry, the best comic book movie is Aquaman because it's utterly ridiculous and it knows it. Mm. Yeah,
2: yeah. In terms of just like, hey, we're going to start on like a 14 and then we're going to take it to like a 20, um, even when the scale is 1 to 10, it, it... I love how they just kind of embrace that.
1: They and are flo- they are care. traveling around in Atlantis on sharks with lasers mounted on them. Oh, so Doctor Evil's dream come true. Right. There go. They just went for it and said, you know what? What if these guys were at sharks? What if those sharks had lasers? Oh,
0: have you all seen yeah. the deleted scenes of Austin Powers? Have you have you oh, watched those? Oh,
2: they're
1: hilarious.
0: Oh my god, of them caught the hilarious. bit. Hilarious. It's incredible. I had just discovered them not too long. Like Austin Powers is just a delight. I think the the girlfriend and I are going to rewatch it either this weekend or next, but like it the, the cuts are just amazing. Uh, it's just it's incredible. Also, speaking
1: of like shameless IP hawking, mm-hmm. uh, I I'm of course, in watching all kinds of sporting events on TV, I'm flooded with ads right. for the new Jungle Cruise movie, uh, the, uh-huh. which apparently, and I, I wasn't aware of this, is some kind of Disneyland and Oh, yeah it's, it's, yeah. it's based on a Disney ride. Yeah.
0: Oh, is it really? I didn't even know this either. Yeah. I've never been to yeah, Disney like World.
1: Pirates the, like Pirates of the Caribbean. It's a, it's a ride. So they're basically making an hour, 30 minute, two hour long commercial for their ride, which was the whole basis for Pirates of the Caribbean as well. And but I like it. I'm intrigued. One because The Rock is usually finds a way to be delightful, and two, they basically said, "Well, hey, what if we remade the African Queen?" But oh yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. <laughs> but Bogart and uh, Hepburn. What if they fought zombies and stuff? Yeah, that's
2: yeah. that's all it is. Um, by the way, the fact that. Bob, you and I both know what the African Queen like. What the kind of premise of the movie is? Um, fist, fist, fist bump over the uh, over the mic to you, sir.
1: You got it. It's look, man. It's just Fitzcarraldo, but with the rock is Fitzcarraldo. Who doesn't like that?
2: Mm. It's it's
1: fantastic. I uh, how, chase. How many uh, Werner Herzog movies have you seen?
0: <laughs> I'm gonna go with zero.
1: Okay. Mm -hmm. Look, I highly recommend you both read Klaus Kinski's autobiography. Speaking of things that are start at fourteen and keep going, I I think it's probable that eighty percent of it is entirely fictional. But regardless, Kinski, who really was one. an unfathomably great actor and also a complete lunatic. The book is just—I uh, would say two-thirds of it is devoted to his various sexual escapades. Again, no way of knowing what percentage are true at all. And the other third is to stay is to saying things about Werner Herzog, like he was a foul man and I, I despised his fart-laden trousers. I thought I would kill him today. It's yeah, but if I just
2: want to, like, read a book, that, or if I want to read a biography that's basically like, oh, that, man, that might be kind of bullshit, uh, I, I'll just read the uh, Robert Evans uh, book, Kid Stays in the read, Picture. I have not read it. I saw the – oh. well, so, yeah. uh, so well, I The documentary is fantastic. Yeah. So I read movies. the book first. I read yeah. the book first and then watch the movie and then watch the documentary. I was very disappointed in the documentary because all the fun stuff in the did they
1: sand down all the rough
2: edges? Did they clean up? Oh, so okay, so you know, after he breaks up with Ali McGraw, like they get they get divorced. Like the book basically just says, "Yeah, I became a coke snorting man for (laughs) for like three chapters while (laughs) while creating some of the greatest cinema of our time." But the funny thing is, like in the movie he basically just kind of like, and then I started cocaine and basically it's like a montage of his career and it's set to machine gun by uh, the Commodores, which is great. It's perfect. But I'm like, I read the book. I, 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 you're missing basically a lot of, okay, that, yeah, that might be bullshit. And, and then I realized, you know what? If he put that on screen, some of the escapades and some of the things that he did, I'm like, yeah, there, 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 there might be a me too moment.
1: Yeah, <laughs> there, it's it's up there. Yeah. The, the Evans stuff, which I've only read about secondhand in various places, is is definitely up there with with David Bowie's. Uh, I'm
0: sorry, is are we getting a full New York moment? Hey, I'm walking
1: here on the pod. Yeah, it's a little traffic on. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. <laughs> David Bowie, David Bowie's really sort of down, thin, white Duke years when he was evidently, according to Bowie, living on a diet consisting of milk, red peppers, and cocaine. Yeah. um, So
2: you know, after you know, when David Bowie uh, recorded Heroes. Yeah, you've heard the backstory behind that, right? I think so, but okay. So basically, he um, I don't know if it was Heroes or. One of the albums, like um, either Hero, I want to say it was Heroes, but basically before he recorded the album, before he recorded the song, he like just gotten out of rehab and for heroin or whatever.
1: Yeah. The thing that he basically did was like, Station, it was either Station to Station or Heroes, and Heroes is living in Berlin, so probably Heroes. And he,
2: and he basically, like, the first thing he does, they're like, hey, yeah, um, once you get out of rehab, rehab we're going to go record. And he, yeah, and he's like, well, first let me go to the bar. And then he basically spends, like, the next 12-hour, like a 12-hour binge at the bar, goes straight from the bar and records one of the greatest rock songs
1: uh, of the decade. Substance abuse is a tricky thing. Mainly a bad one, but tricky. And occasionally you can get very wild bursts of creativity as we've discussed today,
0: mm. which naturally leads us to Gus Johnson and Akeeb Tlaib teaming up. <laughs> <out. laughs> Andrew, did you see this? That just broke. No, what so happened? Richard Deitch, Deitch, Richard Deitch, yeah. Deitch, 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 Deitch. Yeah. Uh, Deutsch. Deitch, <laughs> he, uh, he, he revealed that Gus Johnson and Akeeb Tlaib are going to team up this year for some NFL games on Fox. Um, that should be the Monday Night oh. fo- Football duo.
2: Oh, uh, so okay. So here's the thing about Keep to He's uh, great. To Tlaib is like he has a lot of energy, mm-hmm. but it's one of those things where it's like, if you're expecting a Mark Schlereth or a well, no Joel that. Clatt or a very meticulous and well thought approach, you are not going to get that. You're going to get the complete opposite, which can be great, which can be fine. Like, keep, like he enjoys doing... Because I, I saw him a few times during the pandemic uh, covering games. He enjoys the game. He's very passionate about it. So, honestly, I'm kind of excited for it. Like, I think it would work. I think it'll be very, very successful.
0: Hmm. Anytime we get Gus Johnson also on more big-time broadcasts, I'm here for it. Um, a couple quick things. I wrote about this t- this morning, but... I'm curious from you, from y'all's perspective. Um, did you did you watch the draft live? Are y'all draft watching people, or do y'all uh, oh, follow yeah. my? Okay, so y'all do oh, it yeah. live.
2: Yeah, I, I kind of had to because the Pistons had the number True. to pick last night. So yeah, Who oh,
1: did yeah. they get later in the draft?
2: I, I missed out on that. Uh, they got Isaiah Livers and they got Luca Garza. I'm, uh, I'm I'm fascinated how Luca is going to fit in the NBA.
0: Well, we could just watch some Josh Harrelson tape.
2: I don't, don't <laughs> want to watch Josh Harrelson tape.
0: It's a deep cut for the the diehard UK fans.
2: It was, and yeah, I'm just like, no, I don't want to do that. I, I love my George football. Harrelson.
1: You mean George Harrelson? I think is playing abroad right now. I might. I don't think it's China. It might be Bulgaria. He's mm. he's doing quite well abroad. It's 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 not full on like Hamid Hadadi putting up, you know. <laughs>
2: Every night. The, was that the dude from the Iran? Yeah. Yes, that was
0: the Grizzlies. Oh my Pick.
2: god. Yes. Um by the way. He had the perfect big big guy noonball energy that I loved. Mm. Like I was watching that game halfway asleep and I'm just like dude, I don't know what's going on in this game, but this dude is like he he, he he's killing it right now and I love it. Uh
1: he's a big seven two dude who is too slow to make it in the nba but and he knows his and i love it. it's
2: like they know the coach the iran coach knows where he like knows the limits of what he can do with him on offense yeah. and basically it
1: is just hey as they swing the ball around you post up dude yeah it's it's, it's it, like him and extremely handsome 40 plus louis scola Thriving in the Dude, in Luis Stola, My goodness What a handsome Son of a bitch <laughs> That's a That's a good looking man He is an attractive Rugged man I mean he's still An <laughs> asshole Because you know I can't stand him
2: <laughs> um, But that's That's a That's a handsome Son of a bitch Yeah mm. No I'm still mad About uh, them Winning gold in uh, In 2004 So yeah Sorry there's, there's some shit I just I still can't get over
1: that's okay that's okay I, I was happy because of Manu but it's okay oh yeah right. Manu's cool but no fuck that's them dudes cool. I was having some Honestly.
0: I like reading this morning I didn't watch it live last night and I just I don't understand the point I don't I don't get it I get it from a work perspective when you have to do it and it's part of your job but like uh, seeing the emergent like the emergency reactions and all that kind of stuff like Tom Ziller had a really good piece for Good Morning It's Basketball uh, Let's Basketball uh, that I would highly encourage everybody to check out but like I, I don't I don't see the point I don't know like Kate oh, Cunningham might be good
2: yeah it's just I don't oh, know hey hey, Chase buddy Yeah. welcome to welcome to me in right. in 2010 mm-hmm. it, it, I do no, I get it I get it, um, it, it overreactions at this point because it's you're doing it for clicks, you're doing mm. it for engagement, and, and nobody
1: it's just not for is me. a true track expert. I
0: yeah, also I just know. think of the Bill Burr bit where he's like,
1: except for Sam Bisenti, Sam Zenni is writes like one hundred thirty thousand words about every process. Yeah, no, and see, and see a there, there's
2: a section of guys who
1: that guy eats tape like you read about Yeah,
2: and and so the, there there's a segment of guys where I'm like. If if I don't want to listen to a, you know a, a steaming hot take like right after, mm-hmm. their their work is, is to me it's more digestible because they're gonna give you all the nuts and bolts everything you you need to know and it's not going to be in this fashion of here's a take, boom, react to me you mm-hmm. know to, to 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 quote a line from Jim Rome i i don't need
0: that i don't want it like i just i don't care there are people there were tennessee fans that were just like waiting up for keon Syria. i'm like i don't care you, you'll find out tomorrow what are you doing why are you burning an hour and a half of your night like i'm just sitting over there uh, reading my book after wrapping up the pod i'm not looking at my phone or anything that i'm just like yeah, yeah i'll read about like, it in the morning. I get, I i'll see what the hawks do in the morning
2: i i i i get from a tennessee standpoint like but you know for the celtics i was like oh I forgot. Do we have a first round pick? Because mm-hmm. you know, we uh, <laughs> if you if you haven't been paying attention to basketball, uh, Danny Ainge, no longer with the Celtics, thank you mm-hmm. God, uh, decided to just kind of throw uh, a bunch of picks around and. Uh, for about what almost a decade, so it's like, oh, we don't have a first-round pick. Yeah, after the Pistons were done, uh, and I paid attention to see if any Michigan or Michigan State guys got picked. I was done for the night. I'm like, I'm good. Let me watch uh, Suni Lee at the Olympics. Uh, a, a more
1: uh, entertaining event. Mm-hmm. I, I really look. I'm a I'm a sicko, but I like <laughs> watching the draft. I'm, I, my my girlfriend refers to it as the great reading of names. Yes, and thinks it's the dumbest possible form of entertainment i could consider Mm -hmm. i but i I love it i i I went to the draft i've gone to cover the draft a couple of times um there were both times it's it's such a, a more bizarre experience without the sheen of the broadcast crew sort of turning it into you know a, a three to four hour long Advertisement for the NBA
2: Oh um, you mean uh, yeah. you didn't want to hear Kendrick uh, Perkins
1: uh, Perk is a beast That's my only comment about Kendrick Perkins Perk is a beast everyone knows that
0: Did you, you see him try to website? pronounce Moses Moody last night I did watch that this morning
1: <laughs> <laughs> Guys remember the website perkisabeast.com I do not yes. it, I remember David those...
0: Stern is a frog <laughs>
1: Perkisabeast.com was right up there with Larry Hughes, please stop shooting.com.
0: Oh, I remember that.
1: In like old, early 2010s NBA vloggy content. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We we used to
2: make jokes about sh- stop shooting Larry Hughes.com.
1: Yeah. Good times. Good times. Uh, whatever. Like, uh, it's it's very.
0: It's Hold on. I got hoop Speaks Beckley Mason on the line. We're remembering some really? guys, Beckley. How are things? No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead.
1: Wow, uh, Beckley and I—if he was on the line—I would mention that uh, Beckley and I played pickup ball mm-hmm. at Sloan one year, and and I'm not good at basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, not really at all, especially at the, my advanced years. But and uh, so I wasn't that good to begin with. But um, yeah, I, I I really hacked the hell out of Beckley Mason. <laughs>
2: He's a good I shooter. Played <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Play
1: guy. Yeah, play ball with this guy one time. Yeah, you just beat the shit out of him. <laughs> I, I went full Anthony Mason. Wow. <laughs> and, and it wasn't out of malice or. Okay, anger. sure, Bob.
0: No, I was. Just what do you have against Beckley? He's a great writer, my, an NBA legend.
1: I have absolutely nothing against Beckley Mason. He's
0: been on this he's podcast. Great. I love Beckley.
1: I, I literally, there's nothing to good. I'm. I have apologized to him for doing this, but. Mm-hmm in that moment during the game and afterwards online Um, but I fouled him really really hard um, because I was tired and frustrated with getting washed by everyone else on the court so I took out some of my angry man frustration on Beckley and I apologize
2: You you, you, you took out your self-hating angst on a a meaningless you know person like rude Mm. rude
0: Speaking of rude uh, the conversation around Simone Biles this week
2: Oh god sorry I, it, nothing again no it is by the way, this is a pro simone biles uh uh segment of, of of the pod
0: well it's also we can just say a pro simone biles podcast like that is um, at the the forefront here and um I, I texted you guys where i was like i saw this which feels like days ago of name redacted name redacted tweeting this out and at that point i was like i, I don't Want this in my life anymore like it's clearly like the there's only so much grift that i can that I can handle, and i just don't I don't want it anymore this is just bad faith, this is just garbage, and it doesn't help anything it just I don't want this stewing around the uh my just atmosphere i don't I don't want it, and i'm just I'm out of it I can't do it anymore because it's just bad and it's just bad to be bad.
1: If you if you got if you guys uh, don't already, I recommend uh, subscribing to Charlie Warzel's Galaxy Brain. Uh, Warzel is a he's, he used to be a reporter for the New York Times and Buzzfeed before that, and he's on Substack now. Um, and he but he writes really good stuff, and he's a really good reporter too. And he just said like he, he went into the Biles thing, and the thing he said, was really smart and good, as opposed to sort of getting it's that a, a lot of this is the fault of the way that. The speed and the ferocity with which what happened to Biles gets flattened into, uh, you know, culture war and particularly culture war on Twitter. And especially because it was like, you know, the, the trending topic on Twitter at that point was about Matt Walsh, who's a podcaster for you know, the Daily Wire and he made some random comment about Michael Jordan. And so the Twitter trending topic was like mentioning this Matt Walsh tweet that everyone got mad at for being dumb. And the point is, like, Matt Walsh wrote that because he knows that if people get mad mad at it, it helps him. And Twitter, instead of somehow making it clear what happened to Simone Biles, which is in theory what this story should be about, just turned it into all of the people getting mad at, walsh or all of the people cheering on walsh and at a certain point there's no difference between the anger and the celebration it, it all becomes incredibly similar and it feels the same and it leaves people feeling awful whereas you know biles stepping away is uh, and i and i you know there's just no point in trying to say like well here's why you person who is calling biles a quitter are wrong and there's no point even in saying here's why you person who is getting mad about this are right. There there is no right and wrong. It becomes ab- it become like it's
0: it it's a uh, it's a exercise in fr- in futility.
1: It's it's uh it's a, god I can't remember the phrase right now. It's it's the it's a a flattening of the context. Mm. And what happens is that like all of that context gets absolutely just obliterated because of the way now so many people find out about these things like I mean if you wanted to find out why Simone Biles quit and what her history is and how that relates to you know any of her struggles over the last couple of years before getting into the entire Larry Nassar scandal which is a part of it too and all of which is like that's difficult to engage with for anyone but that choice doesn't happen because the noise surrounding the the, the, the fight drowns it all out. Um, and again, there's a phrase, it's like telescoping context or something like that. I can't remember. It's driving me. Nuts. Uh, but in any case, read Charlie Roselle's galaxy brain, and he will explain this uh, far better than I just did. Um, and it was just like, it was, it was, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I need to log out and ignore this because it's not making, it's not making I feel better. And I'm, You know, look, I'm trying to avoid, you know, quote tweeting thinkuses because one, it's part of their content, their, you know, mm-hmm. engagement strategy. And two, what is me getting mad about it? Help. I mean, I'm sure I'll, I'll fall off the wagon and do it at some point. It's just but,
0: hard uh, not to see the Charlie Kirk video and say something. You're just yes, up.
1: of course it is. It's it. That's what it's designed to do. Yeah. And Twitter is, is a machine that functions on making you mad about things more than anything. Mad, mad or fearful. That's yeah. what it does. That's why, like you know, people say, well, why can't they get rid of the you know person X who I find hateful on this website? And it's because you know, bottom line, it's not like Twitter. You know, like the way it functions is about making you feel mad and bad. I, I, there's no reason, like, you know, they'll trim some people at the edges when, when things get too heated, but they're not actually interested in doing something that is contrary to making people feel mad and bad. There is nothing for Twitter to do other than make people feel mad and bad. It would be like asking, you know, it would be like uh, asking a pizzeria to, like, come up with something other than making pizza. And at that point, it stops being a pizzeria. And it's 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 one of those things where
2: I think whether it's by, I don't know if it's by design or if it's, you know, just ignorance. Uh, if there's this, oh, the I, I look at it like with the internet. Uh, the better angels of our, you know, the, there's enough good people out there that they can stop the bad people. But it's like, if you're giving the bad people a platform, you aren't helping. You can't sit there and go, "Oh, well, this is not who we are." It's like, dude, stop disconnecting yourself from reality. Like, there's, and that's the that's one of the things I've re- that really I-, I was happy about. Like, my timeline was mostly, "Oh, Simone Biles did a good thing. Like, good for her." You know, um, but yeah, there's this segment of Twitter that is. I need to search bad faith arguments and I need to have bad faith takes and people have bought into that and generally when we would just discard those things people have pretty much given money to that and are now funding it high uh, redacted uh, networks mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah if you type in Charlie Kirk right now the first two words after that comes up is Simon Biles like there's a reason for all of this it's just monetary gain it's just, it's bad faith garbage, just to increase clicks and increase clout. It's the dumbest, dumbest circular problem that I just, I can't engage with anymore.
1: It's, look, I mean, I get the, I'm not pooing people who spend a ton of time on Twitter. That would be a little bit hypocritical. Um, <laughs> Cause I'm on it 24 seven and I get the appeal. Look, it is absolutely fun to fire off a good dunk. That's fun. It makes you feel good for a second. It makes you feel like, okay, for a moment I got to tell some PUD Puller that you know, to go to hell. But it doesn't it accomplishes absolutely nothing. In fact it accomplishes the exact same thing you want to accomplish, which is to make these people's voices less loud and prominent. This is not an anti free speech argument to clarify. Like these people absolutely have the right to speak. I just don't think I think it would be a it would behoove a lot of us to not give them a megaphone as much as we do um and it's very tricky look it's tricky when you're reporting about a lot of these figures which i have and this is something i go back on in my you know reporting all the time at what point are you simply feeding into their content engagement strategy and at what point are you telling true stories about the way the world works and it's there's no definitive answer and it's absolutely something that i think about Every time I write about one of these things And I've, I've written about some, some loud internet people before As you, y'all may be aware If you're not subscribed to BobSolvermanCoolGuy.com Where you can find all <laughs> of my work But, um Uh, yeah it's, it's, it's very hard And it's something that I'm thinking about a lot Right now I don't have an answer I wish I did
0: Well We have to end there, guys But, um Bob, what would you you like to plug As we wrap up here on this Friday afternoon edition? I've got a story
1: finally coming On Sunday at the Daily Beast If you follow me at Bob Sayeta, You will see me tweeting about it I'm going to keep a little bit In suspense about what it is Although I believe it relates fairly directly To some of the things we've been talking about For the last ten minutes Um, Needless to say it's a story I've been Working very hard on and working on for a while So I, I really do hope Everyone gives it a read Um, And again, it'll be on the Daily Beast homepage And my Twitter at uh, B-O-B-S-A-I-E T-T-A
0: Andrew, what about you?
1: Um There's a lot going (laughs) on There's
2: there's a lot going on Um, Basically just uh, I would say uh, Not much about What I've got going on Or not as much about what I've got going on But I would say that continue to pay attention to what athletes are saying about mental health and uh, just uh, athletes who are open about talking about health and personal issues as compared to some athletes, uh, mainly who play in the league called the NFL, who are very uh, uh, adamant about their personal decisions when it comes to their health. Um, because I think you're seeing a very large uh, gap between athletes who are comfortable with talking about things and athletes who aren't comfortable talking about it. So I think that's something that needs to be watched because I think we're going to hit critical mass uh, maybe sooner rather than later with uh, preseason games and travel and and, and more training camps. So um, just pay attention to that.
0: Mm. Absolutely.
2: Well, we can find you both
0: at Bob Sayada and Aham Free Press. Um, so go do that. Uh, For myself, at Chase underscore Thomas. But uh, these are the sports reporters, and we will be back next Friday. You guys have a great weekend, and I will talk to you soon.
1: Nicely done, nephew.